and welcome back to Free the Geek FM. In this episode, I have the second part of my fireside chat with Gary Hocken on building your brand as a freelancer. So what did you think of the first part of the fireside chat with Gary Hocken? I really hope you like it. It was it was great having a chat to Gary. Okay, it's always have, great having a chat to Gary. But I hope you really got something out of it. I hope it sort of got you thinking. And I hope you weren't grumpy at me for basically cutting off the interview midway. Now, I wouldn't normally do that. But as I was going through the interview, I just sort of kept listening and thinking, well, all of it, at least in my opinion, was so worthwhile, so valuable. So I didn't want to cut, I didn't want to... Um, but at the same time, I, you know, it, it, there was so much there. I didn't want to, to let the whole thing run. And you're kind of wondering, when's this got to end? I've got other things to do. And sort of set ex- unreal or, or sort of false expectations that the episodes sort of go longer, shorter, longer, shorter, random. I, I do want to keep them, you know, approximately around about the same running time. So apologies in part for cutting off that episode. But today, in just a little while, we're going to have the second part We'll finish it out and you'll get every single bit of goodness that Gary offers. Anyway, before then, the one thing I want to cover is the running time of the show. Now, I felt on listening to previous podcasts that perhaps I do meander and I don't always get to the point or I try to pack in too much into the short period of time that we have. So going forward, what I'm going to be doing is not doing that any longer. I'm going to be sort of I'll talk about one point and keep it concise unless there's not a guest on the show. If there's not a guest on the show, I will talk obviously longer, but I'll keep it to the point. I'll keep it, you know, right around what the topic is. My main point in saying this is I want to make sure that you know what you get is on topic, is clean, is clear, and is concise, and that you can really get a lot of value out of the show. Anyway, today's topic that I want to talk about before the fireside chat is on the topic of content marketing, which we might otherwise look at as or call blogging if you don't like the term marketing. The reason I talk about that is I'm concerned because at least I know I know I do it myself. I'm concerned that we don't necessarily know what we're writing. I'm concerned that we write information, we write blog posts, we write tutorials, we create screencasts, you know, we create all that on, on its own really, really awesome content, but that we're not answering a particular need of our wider community. Now, why is that a concern, you might ask? Because, you know, you can you can write and there's nothing wrong with saying, I got stuck with this and you share it. What I'm concerned about is if we're, say, freelancers, where it's really essential that we value our time properly, that the work we do is either direct paid work or in some form or other leads to that work. I'm concerned that, you know, we're not using our time the most valuably that we're not using our time um, to the best. That in short, what we're doing is wasting time and creating white noise. Now, why this came up and why I'm mentioning it is that recently, actually earlier in the week, I enrolled in the 30 by 500 course by Amy Hoy and Alex Hillman. And it's really, really shone a proverbial light on what I do and just how much time I've been wasting. You know, to, to put it in context, on my personal blog, I've been, you know, trying to write a lot of content about PHP broadly, deployment, freelancing, technical writing, and so on. But what I haven't been doing 
or haven't been doing well, you know, is going out and talking and being engaged with the wider community and trying to really understand what their problems and challenges are. And then taking what I know, taking my skills, taking my own knowledge and helping to answer that. Why that's important is because I think you can, or as Amy and Alex try to stress, is that you, you, that you're of much greater value to your community when you go out and you really attempt to understand what their problems are, what the challenges are that they're facing and answer them directly as opposed to basically doing a bit of a thumb suck going, well, I think the wind's blowing this way. I think that's a good topic to write on or instead of saying, well, it's, it's my blogging day. It's Monday. It's Tuesday. I should write. I haven't written for a while. I've really have to get something out there and just writing based kind of on a whim, on an impulse. So whilst this is a dead set plug for the course, this isn't any kind of affiliate link. I'm, I'm not getting paid to promote them in any way. I've just found it of, of enormous value to myself. And it's really gotten me thinking. It's really helped to start crystallizing why I do what I do. In so doing, it's helped to crystallize just how much time I've been spending on creating content and how questionable the value of it may or may not have been. Given that, and given the, is it circumstantial evidence? Is it the, is that the right word? Given what I hear when I do talk to people and see people um, in forums and, and communities and so forth and how they talk and, and what they say they do, I wonder if it's not just me. Actually, I get the feeling that it isn't just me. So I just want to raise this topic. I want to say, I want to ask you the question. When you're doing content marketing, when you're blogging, when you're creating screencasts with the aim of helping your community, how do you go about picking your topic? Is it just a thumb suck? Is it just randomly grab a topic? Is it just do a quick Google? You know, some kind of broad, unfocused, just, just give me something to write on ultimately. Or are you really in touch with your community? Are you really participating in the forums, in the communities, on Reddit and so forth, and really knowing what their pains are and doing your best to really help them in, in a direct way, in a, in a concrete way? Sure, I would encourage you to sign up for the course or at least consider it. If you are interested, I'll have links in the show notes. Otherwise, check out unicornfree.com, which is, I believe it's Amy and Alex's blog where they give you a lot of information about the course and about the philosophy and the approach. But I definitely, definitely encourage you to sort of check in on your own motivations, to look at why you do what you do, to look at why you pick the posts and the, and the topics and the content type that you create and why you blog on the basis that you do and consider that. Ask yourself, are you creating white noise? Are you, are you really helping someone or are you doing it just because it's the thing that apparently that you're meant to do? You know, I, I'm a freelancer or I'm looking to be, um, to, to go out on your own and leave that full-time job. And apparently this is what you do. I guess a little like, like social media, I have to be on social media, don't I? And just look at your motivation and look at your approach and consider, am I really delivering the value that I should be or that I could be? And if it's just kind of meandering, if it's just picking topics, honestly, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and I'll just say, I think you should stop. I mean, that's kind of what I've been doing myself until I found the 30 by 500 course. And when you, you know, and then at that point think, okay, if I'm going to do this, what's the best way to do this? What's the way, the approach, 
that will bring about the best value, not necessarily for yourself, but for all the people who can, and in the future, hopefully will read your blog. As, as a number of millionaires I've spoken to have, have often remarked, the way they grew their wealth so sometimes astronomically is because they helped as many people as they could. From helping as many people as they could, they then gained value. They then grew their wealth, grew their business, which, which grew their wealth and so on. So I'd encourage you to look at the, at the same approach. When you're blogging, when you're doing content marketing, when you're putting content out there, ask yourself, what is the way that I can help my community the most? What is the way that I can help as many people within my community resolve their issues, resolve their struggles, resolve their pains? How can I help as many of these people as I can? And then I believe you will then grow. You know, your blog will grow. You'll get more comments. You'll get more feedback and you'll get the leads that you need. Okay. Winding up on this point, I appreciate there's a lot more to it than that. And there's a lot of nuances and specifics on SEO and blogging and blog layouts and so forth. But my point here is to look at the, the key aspect. Am I helping my community? And am I doing it the best I can? I hope you'll think about that. I hope you'll definitely check out unicornfree.com or the 30 by 500 course by Amy and Alex. But if nothing else, I hope you get a lot of value out of this idea. Anyway, with that said, I am very, very excited, as I always, always am, to have the second part of my fireside chat with my mate, Gary Hocken, where we talk about building your brand as a freelancer. Check it out. And I'll be back after the fireside chat. So do you think when, when say you're chatting to people and, you know, you've, you've, you've cracked it, you've, you've been to the conference, you've, you know, you've found someone to, you know, to talk to or whatever, uh, would you say like a focused conversation or even just a broad conversation? I don't, I don't think it matters. Yeah. No. Just, just curious sort of whether you think, you know, you, you met somebody, they met you. Like I met some loads of some really cool people at PHP South Coast. Yeah. You know, but I wouldn't, some of the conversations, like the one I had with Cal, um, was quite, you know, hey, how are you? You know, yeah. nice to meet you. So it was very, um, here we are. But some, plenty of others I had, you know, you sort of meet them and then, hey, you know, what's your Twitter handle or whatever? And we have more yeah, general yeah. chat thereafter. So you don't think, you don't really feel as a, you have to be that power networking going no, for the- No, no, no. I don't think you're trying to prove yourself to anyone. I don't yeah. think you're trying to prove your technical knowledge or your expertise or, mm-hmm. or I mean, you. I really do think you're just putting a face to a name. I think, um, and your, um, you know, tech, the technical bit is easy for me. When, when people, when people want to find an employee, largely, if you're looking at remote work, which is pretty much all I do, mm. there's a big pool of people to, 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 to pull from who've got the same or better knowledge than I, but mm. it's having met people and chatted to them and you show that you're, you, you know, you're, you can communicate, you're amicable, you're friendly, um, you can get on with people that's a big box to tick. Mm. Um, they can always go away if, if if you come to mind when um, when they're looking to fill a freelance role. They can always go away and look at your pedigree online. They can look at your resume if you've got it online. They can look at your GitHub account. They can look at your blog. They can you know see the webcasts you've done or whatever you've done. It's mm. easy to to back up the your technical um, knowledge in this day and age. Yeah. 
I just think that the biggest risk is when you pull someone in on a six-month contract is whether they're going to be able to jump straight into the project, get along with people, you know. And I think that's all you're really doing is making personal connections with people, realistically. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm much more likely to think of somebody I've met in person if I was referring than somebody who I've just been tweeting with. It's yeah. just human nature, I think. It's much more personal that way. Yeah, it's human nature for you to think, oh, I was speaking to so-and-so um, mm. you know, a few months ago there. They were talking about this, or I know they tweet about this. Um, yeah. I'd re- make a referral of those, that person, you know? Yeah, that, I mean, that totally makes sense. You have that sense of that perception of trust, of of confidence, of, of relatability. Yeah. Um, on on sort of two of those points, like one passive and one active, Say for, and this is just something I'm thinking of off the fly, say you're maybe a newer freelancer or you're considering it, right? And you maybe don't have much of a brand. So you're trying to get people to know about you. Um, on, on a, say for, on a blogging aspect, how do, do you reckon there's a, uh, what would you say is like a simpler path for going from you just started blogging? And I guess everything takes time. So we'll allow for that to being something one like, and this is probably a bad example, maybe like Lorna or, you know, a blog that people say, say, okay, when they think of topic X. Lorna's they, a great example. Yeah. Look, I would say that my, I would say that Lorna and Rob Allen are my two, the two people who do it right because what they tend to do is, um, in fact, let's talk about Rob because Rob Allen is, is a blog um, where he blogs fairly uh, regularly if not in a uh, predictable frequency, but he does blog often. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rob will just blog on something when he solves a problem. He'll, he's almost, he's almost blogging for his future self, mm-hmm. um, which is the advice he gave to me uh, too long ago for me to want to remember. And when I f- was first thinking about blogging, he just said, you know, blog, blog as if you want to make your private notes available to the public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you solve a problem. It took you longer than 10 minutes. You had to Google three or four other blogs and pull a few bits and bobs together yourself. Mm-hmm. Just just put a blog post with some example code on, on what you found and how you solved the problem that took you longer than five minutes to solve. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you, you're doing that every time you solve a problem or you do something um, that was a little bit more than a token to solve. And then you're just building up a repository of knowledge, not only for yourself, but for anyone else who Googles the same problem. Um, You know, you look at Rob's blog, he's got a a ton of posts that I'll go back to repeatedly. Hmm. Um, A ton of resources there. There's like the list of events that get fired in the Zen from a two dispatch cycle, Hmm. which I will just basically go to every single time I need that list. Hmm. So then all of a sudden you're, indispensable to people by luck almost without you really needing to so you're not going to find topics to blog about you're mm. now just creating topics in your daily job okay. um, and i think that's a really i mean i wish i wish i had the inclination because that's what i should be doing right now mm. is every time i solve a problem i should be blogging it um, and it doesn't take that long once you get into the habit of blogging mm. and once you found your style um yeah, it doesn't take that long. You can do that in like 40 minutes or something if it's a short four, 500 word blog post or three to 400 word blog post that just describes the problem and the solution. It doesn't take too long to do that. But assuming that, yeah, um, you know, you sort of got into that rhythm, 
I guess the, the, the next question is how do you, do you, do you think there's a, a good approach to avoid being kind of just another voice in the crowd? Like, you know, someone who, you know, the information might be really, really fantastic, but, you know, it gets a couple of hits and so forth. So it's kind of, it really is just for you and your proverbial grandma. You know, do you think there's a way of, or do you think you have to sort of be up front and say, you know, this is what I do and just blag about yourself so that people actually know you exist? I don't think, I, I mean, I don't think so. I think that, I, I don't, I mean, I don't, I, I, you know, to be fair, I'm not the man to ask about this because I don't, my blog is not, um, you know, when was the last time I blogged? I wouldn't like to guess, mm. months ago. Okay. I mean, to be fair, I, I write semi, you know, professionally now. So I spend a, a portion of my working week writing content, which is, means I've got much less inclination to write my on my own blog, mm-hmm. um, as you probably find yourself. But, mm. um, yeah, it, I don't know the answer to that. I don't think that, I don't think that you should blog wanting to have 10,000 people reading every single post you do. Mm. If you get to that point, fantastic. I tend to read everything that Rob posts because I know almost certainly it'll be useful to me because Rob solves, Rob works in the similar sphere that I do and solves problems that are similar to the problems I tend to solve. Mm. Therefore, just reading his post and knowing it exists can save me time in the future because if I hit something <laughs> similar, I'm like, oh, yes, Rob blogged on that. I can go there straight yeah. away. And we work in similar technologies and we work in similar fields. So that's a blog that I would definitely read nearly every post. Mm-hmm. Um, someone like um, who's blogging technically, um, somebody, uh, let's think of somebody, somebody who's blogging technically in a different sphere to me, mm. um, you know, somebody who's blogging mainly on stuff like Symphony or who's blogging on Laravel or who's blogging on, you know, whatever, Cake PHP, or I wouldn't tend to, follow every post because it's not going to be really relevant to me. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't make them any less useful to everyone else. I think you blog in to be found on Google initially. Yeah. You, you, you blog in to solve a problem for people who are Googling the problem. And then immediately, if, if enough times you, um, somebody finds your blog with the answers to the problems, then your perceived expertise is going to go through the roof. Mm, yeah, true. You know, if when you find someone's blog the first time you have a problem with Zen Framework 2, it's brilliant. Then when you find um, the second time you've got a problem and you're directed to the same blog in a different post, you're like, oh, this guy obviously knows what he's on about. Then the third time you're like, oh, I definitely need to follow this blog and find out who this person is because mm-hmm. they've got answers to all my questions. Yep. And then if you're um, in a position to, to hire and the person who's authored the posts that have solved your problems for you becomes available to hire, mm. you're obviously going to hire them, right? Yeah. You're going to go, well, we can go straight to the source here rather than have to use his blog to solve all our problems. Mm. So Very I don't true. think you can, you know, I don't have a lot of hits on my blog posts unless I blog on the contentious stuff, the non-technical stuff, um, which we won't kind of discuss in this podcast. But, yeah. you know, when I blog on non-technical stuff, I tend to get a lot of traction but when I blog on technical stuff, I don't get a lot of traction. I don't really care. It's it's there for the people who find it. Okay, but on so on a, on a, like an active thing, and you mentioned you know getting on podcasts and and shows and stuff, and I'm guessing like a lot of that comes down to well, partly putting yourself out there and just saying hi, you know, can I be on your show? Um, and others is 
sort of getting maybe getting a request to be on a show do you do you feel like that's also all about relationships first or you just yeah. can just maybe approach people and say hi i do work in this i'd like to be on your show or how do you kind of get that yeah you know, get the proverbial foot in the door um to get yourself started so you can that kind of chicken egg thing you know you, you're trying to build a reputation but you don't have one first but to get one you kind of have to either be a speaker or on a you know, something that has value so that other people then hear about you and so on and so on? It's a good question. Um, the, I guess, like, the, for me, I did lots of conferences first mm-hmm. and met a lot of people. Um, and then people, um, and then, yeah, people then are more interested in knowing that, um, what you want, you know, I'm more interested in hearing what you want to say. Mm. For me, I guess it's because they know that I'll be able to be fairly articulate and speak on a topic. And therefore you, you know, I'm not going to be a bomb guest, which would be very difficult, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I guess my point is going to be, you can have the best blog in the world. You can have written a component that is used, you know, this had a billion downloads on packages, but if you're not particularly, um, eloquent at verbalizing your opinions, then you you know nobody's going to want to have you on a on a, an audio medium podcast, right? It's yeah. going to be a disaster, regardless of how technically amazing you are. Mm-hmm. It a podcast is at the end of the day an entertainment medium, so you need to be able to provide some kind of entertainment or information, yeah. and you need to be able to do it right. So people need to be able to know that if they you know throw an hour of their time at you plus it could be i mean in this instance there's the two of us some podcasts have six people on them um then take three hours so that's a lot of man time woman time person time to to be wasted if somebody isn't particularly um articulate so Mm. i think that you know here's a question for you what how would you feel if somebody you didn't know or hadn't heard of or didn't really um know well at all or had never heard of approached you and said they wanted to be on the podcast ah good question if you look at it from the other point of view yeah true it's a difficult question to answer right yeah i I think in that case if if they sort of emailed or tweeted and i looked at the name and thought i've just have no idea who you are i think at first you'd definitely be well i there are other people who i'd like to approach yeah Yeah. um (laughs) Yeah, I, it would definitely should be a bit slow. I guess then you'd have to ask around and say, hey, has anybody heard of this person? Or, you know, this person just said, like, I want to be on your show. And on paper, it, I guess it seems good, but no idea who they are. Yeah. Yeah, so, and if someone vouched for them, I guess it would be like, oh, all right, well, we'll potentially take it further. But there's still a bit of reluctance. So you, you definitely need to have done some groundwork first, I would guess. You need to have done some commitment. You need to have um, met some people and had, some nice discussions around top technical or non-technical topics mm. and then people I, I guess people i i've yeah i ask outright i say to people oh i'd love to be on your podcast and, and then in other in other situations people have approached me and said oh i'd love to get you on the podcast so i don't think there's any harm in asking what what's somebody going to say no yeah you know, great so what you know mm. it, on the other hand, they may say yes. So it's the same as call for papers and conferences. You can submit to CFPs. What's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah, They're not going to accept you. Yeah. yeah. So I feel the same way. I definitely um, have, have 
I keep badgering Chris Archers and Ed Finkler to get on the Dev Hell podcast. Mm-hmm. More, you know, mercilessly badger those two. <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds like it just sounds like great fun, and because Chris and I have a unique chemistry, let's say. So mm-hmm. yeah, but they keep resisting me to so far. But uh, on you know, it's fine. Just if to to bring this right back, you don't need to be. Um, massively visible in the community to be a successful freelancer you mm. don't need to be on podcasts you don't need to have a, a, you know a thousand followers on twitter you don't need to have a blog with a million hits a year you you don't need these things these things definitely help you don't need to be speaking at conferences mm. there's no excuse for not attending conferences if you're a freelancer because i think you know that's money that you've earned that you can say is a, a viable business expense mm. and is therefore pre-tax when you've paid yourself. Yeah. So I, I don't, it's expensive. You don't need to be going from the UK to ZenCon in Las Vegas. You know, you can be going to PHP South Coast or to PHP Northwest or to PHP UK, mm. which are much cheaper. You can be going to Benelux, which is a cheap conference to attend. You know, these, these things, and there's no excuse, but you, it just these things just make life a lot easier when you come to finding your next gig. That's a point that needs to be made. And I'm not really qualified to be speaking on any of this stuff. I just stumbled my way dark through the darkness and somehow managed to find something that works for me. Mm. Um, unintentionally, I didn't set out. I guess it's not strictly true. There was a period a couple of years ago where I thought that I did need to start looking at building a personal brand. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, probably about three, four years ago, I made a conscious effort to tweet more and blog more. And um, because I think that the only reason I did that is because I love going to conferences. And I think that having a personal brand helps you get accepted at conferences, mm-hmm. which is the cheapest way to do it. So, yeah, um, yeah. it helps, but it, you don't need that if we're just talking about freelance, you know, finding freelance work. Okay. Yeah. And no, I was just kind of curious because uh, I, I think for myself, I found it easy to get lost up in that quote unquote conventional wisdom of you have to do these things. Yeah. And if you, and if I wasn't careful, it's easy to kind of all this time has been spent, you've been doing stuff. But what you know, have you actually been doing something that's actually worthwhile? So it's it's kind of good in some ways to hear it that, you know, whilst it helps, you don't necessarily need it. It, it I mean, for some people I guess it's it's kind of massive. Others it's kind of yeah, it's it's a nice to have, but if I didn't do it, ah, whatever, you know, by the by. Yeah, it, it just, I find that it help. it just makes work find me rather than me have to find work, which is obviously a preferable state of affairs to be in. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, they, but then that doesn't mean that there's not people who don't do any of this stuff, who never go to conferences, who are not involved in the community at all, who don't make a damn good living from freelancing, because there are. Mm. There definitely are. Okay. So... You know, it it just, I'm lazy, right? So I'd rather spend my time doing things I enjoy to help me f- get work mm-hmm. than replying to hundreds of emails and, you know, when three weeks before my I'm available, having to do a massive ton of effort and spend loads of energy in one burst. Yeah, I'd rather right. have fun and just argue with people on Twitter and do the odd blog post, which I don't find tedious. I find it quite enjoyable when I get the impetus to do a blog post. It's an enjoyable thing for me to do mm. um i'd rather sit here and talk to you or drinking tea for an hour than you know which is f- fairly 
fun and gentle and enjoyable than I would to actually do real work and go out there and find leads and speak to people and email people and do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I just think this makes life easier. All right. So I guess coming back to the last question um, is my usual thing of, is there anything that you want to plug, promote, blag about, you know, what's going on? Um, no, I guess not really. Um, since I've started working um, at JetBrains, yeah, by PHP Storm, I guess. No, uh, that's that's not that's not what I'm about at all. Um, I'm at ZenCon. I'm giving a tutorial on um, kind of best practices in Zen Framework Two. So, a step forward from taking an application where you've basically use the framework's rapid uh, development features to kind of refactoring it so that it uses some more best practices. Mm -hmm. um, so if that's the kind of thing you're interested, I'll be giving that at ZenCon, um, along with a, um, a talk about Zen Framework 2 Service Manager, which I'm thoroughly looking forward to giving. Actually, mm -hmm. I'll be giving that talk at PHP Dorset a week Monday. That'll be the frantically pulling up calendar. That will be the... Uh, 7th of September mm -hmm. um, and yeah I'll be at um, PHP Northwest um, man in the booth for JetBrains in Manchester so okay. yeah come and find me and have a chat about anything you want it's all cool. good alright I will have all the links on those I think this one won't be going live till after um, PHP Dorset but oh okay so don't come you've missed you've missed me <laughs> unfortunately never mind but I'll have all the links and I'll give like a, a plug yeah, to PHP Dorset as well you know you know sort of you know scratch scratch the back and yeah yeah everybody. yeah I love I love doing the local user groups so yeah that's um, that should be fun cool so what did you think about the second part of the fireside chat with Gary now that you've got the two parts does it really help you understand the ins and outs of building both a brand and a reputation as a freelancer? Does it give you ideas about what you can do, even if you're just starting out? Do you really feel that there were good tips that we covered on managing social media, talking at conferences, getting on podcasts, and so on? You know, all the things that help you build your brand, help you build a reputation for yourself. I hope so. Personally, I got a lot out of it, and I, and I was really excited to present it because I, I really believe that you will as well. Anyway, as always... Drop your thoughts in the comments, leave a review on iTunes, they're always really, really helpful, helps me know how I'm going, helps me know what value you're getting out of it. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in two weeks' time, where I talk to Troy Hunt. Mm -hmm.